The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. Many of the things that brought us joy, little joys, are lost for a, a period of time. So think about things that brought you joy or bring you joy. Maybe a vacation on a beach and you hear the, the waves crashing, but we can't be there right now. Or think about maybe a, a movie or a concert or maybe just gathering in public with friends is a joy to you. I think about eating out at a restaurant. I take joy in that of not having to do the dishes or clean up after dinner. And I look forward to that again sometime. But think about the things that bring you a little bit of joy and, and the things that we've had to set aside for a while. We've lost them. And not only have we lost them, but those little joys have been replaced by maybe some deep sadness for you, maybe a, a sickness, maybe joblessness, uh, maybe you're stressed or depressed. And so we're missing out on these little joys that we used to have. And maybe we even have uh, sadnesses in our life. That's why we're turning to a guy named Paul who uh, exhibited joy in his letter to the Philippians. It's a strange joy because he was imprisoned. He was uh, threatened by enemies. His future was uncertain. And yet he had this, this really odd joy about him. And it just bleeds through the text. And so we've been looking at Philippians in particular, and we're asking, what is it in Paul that was joyful? How, how did that come to be? Where did it come from? Today, we're going to look at joy in humility. And in chapter two of Philippians, Paul talks about that. In particular, verse two, he says to us, he says, complete my joy. And then he goes on to talk about joy in humility. So take a look in Philippians chapter two. We'll start with verse three. If you want to read along with me, you can. Philippians chapter two, verse three, Paul says, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So Paul defines humility. What is it? Well, humility is when you count others more significant than yourself. When you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Another way to say this is, it's not all about you, which is a tough lesson to learn. It's not all about you. And it's easy to think only about yourself, especially in a time of difficulty or a time of crisis like we're in now, to think about survival or self-preservation. We, we ask questions like, what about my future? Or what about my needs? What about my rights? But humility, as Paul is talking about it, is not about you. Or it's not about you first. You're maybe second or third. But it's not primarily about you. This kind of humility asks questions like this. What about, what about them? What about him? What about her rights? What about his future? What do they need? It's a different perspective that Paul is giving us perspective of, of deep humility. 
as we start to think about re-entry into some sort of normal again, we're starting to kind of see that on the horizon. As we start to think about it, I'm already seeing uh, tension. Maybe you've seen it with friends or family on social media or in the news where people have different ideas about what normal should be like or how soon we should return to it. So on the one hand, we have people who say, I can do whatever I want. Nobody can tell me what to do. It's my right. I'm going to do whatever I want. On the other hand, there are those who would say, I'm not going out for two years. And anybody that does is wrong. And on both sides, we get a lack of humility. And I would ask you to to show some humility in this time, because it's going to be a little bit bumpy as we re-enter. Think about the interests of others, as Paul says. So just because you have the right doesn't mean that it's right. Or just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Paul says, consider the, the interests of others. This is a time for generosity and for some patience, time for humility. So here's your challenge this week. Call it a a humility challenge. Pick one person in your mind that you're going to practice humility with. Just one person. It might be somebody that's uh, very difficult for you uh, to live with. It might be somebody in your house that you're going to look at and you're going to say, how can I put their interests above my own? What do they need? How can I serve them? It could be somebody, again, right in your house. It could be um, a spouse that's on your last nerve and they really need your understanding more than your criticism. Or it could be uh, a child, uh, a teenager or a child who's maybe even undergoing some situational depression right now. It could be a parent that's annoying you and they need your love and your understanding and support. Or it could be somebody outside of your home. I'll give you an example in our church. So we've been reading that this virus is affecting uh, African-Americans disproportionately in our community, not just health-wise, but also economically. So we have a, a community group in our church that was concerned about that disparity. And so they started to reach out to friends of ours at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in North St. Louis, primarily a a predominantly African-American church, and said, what do you need? How can we serve you? And they've been collecting resources of their own and buying groceries and paying bills for our friends, brothers and sisters at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. Christian humility, it's not about you. It's about the interests of others. You consider others more significant than yourself. So who will you pick this week? One person and you will humble yourself before them. So you're thinking, okay, Pastor Jeff, that sounds noble, it sounds good, but humility doesn't sound joyful. What if I humble myself and it hurts? What if I take up the interest of someone else and I suffer for it? I suffer for them. How is there joy in that? It's a noble thing. It's good. It might be a righteous thing, but is it joyful? I've been watching uh, a little bit of joy for me. I was watching a new documentary on ESPN about the 1990s Chicago Bulls and their final championship. 
And it's got me thinking about Michael Jordan. And I remember his uh, probably one of the greatest ad campaigns in history is Jordan and Gatorade, Be Like Mike. If you're not old enough to remember that, go Google it. The whole campaign, it was so simple and it was short. Be like Mike, and it made a ton of money because everybody wanted to be like Michael Jordan. For me, he was a boyhood hero, so I would trace his movements and I would practice his turnaround fadeaway and I would try to dunk like him. He would always wag his tongue when he was flying through the air. So I practiced dunking like Michael Jordan, except on a seven foot rim. And I just wanted to be like my hero, Michael Jordan. And there was joy in that, in trying to be like Mike. Now that we're watching this documentary, we see uh, Michael Jordan wasn't perfect, but St. Paul gives us another hero to emulate. So in chapter two of Philippians, he calls us to humility and then he gives us a picture of it, what it looks like. And it's often called the Messiah poem. It was also thought to be a hymn. Scholars believe that Paul is using, adapting the words of a hymn or a poem that was very well known among Christians in the first century. It was a kind of a successful ad campaign. And it's about a humble hero. And Paul lifts this up as a picture of humility. He says, copy Christ. Gatorade says, be like Mike. Paul says, copy Christ. And the the hymn goes like this. It starts with verse five. You can follow along. Verse five, he says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, be like this. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So he was in the the form of God. He is God, divine, co-equal with the Father. He had every right every privilege. What did he do with it? Verse 7, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Notice that he, he willingly chose to give it up. He chose it. He didn't have to. He willingly set aside his crown. He emptied himself. Humility was a choice that he made. And then verse 8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So this is an extremely severe humility, death, but not just any kind of death, uh, the worst kind of death, death by, by vile crucifixion. It was a curse. It was reserved for the damned. And so Paul is very clear. It's not just death, but death on a cross. Why would Jesus choose willingly this kind of humility? Why? Because it was not about him. It was about you. And he takes joy in you. And so he willingly does the incarnation. He willingly goes to the tragic cross. He chooses service over status because you are his joy. And there's joy in in this humility for you. Paul says, this is our hero. Uh, This is our champion. This is the king, the Lord, the, the one we want to emulate. Be like him. And there's no other like him. And when you're copying Jesus, when you trace his moves, 
there's joy. Even in the humility, there's joy. So Paul finishes the the hymn like this, because the story doesn't end with humiliation, and neither does our story. Paul finishes it like this, verse 9. He says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In humility for Jesus, it was not about him. But in the end, it's all about him. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. This is our worldwide Lord and our King. Think about the the little things that bring you joy. Maybe a dinner out, going to the beach, a movie, a concert. Those little joys, we all miss them a lot. But those little joys are, are pennies compared to the riches of, of Jesus. He is joy. He is joy that, that he sees you when no one else notices you. That he loves you when you're unlovable. That he knows you when no one else understands you. That for him, you are his joy. His whole mission chose it, one of humiliation for you. So Christian humility means that it's not about you. Consider others more significant than yourself and place their interests above your own. When you do this, you discover the way of Jesus Christ because that's what Christ did. And when you copy him, there's joy even in humiliation. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.